It's becoming more normal for us to interact through screens and face-to-face. -face. We're getting more familiar with a person's Instagram or Facebook feed than we are with their hopes and dreams. Let's get off this and bring back the art of conversation. Listen in as I go long form with inspiring people. I hope this encourages you to put your phone down and just talk. I'm Chris Dempsey, and this is the Wouldn't It Be Cool podcast. Welcome to episode 20, people. I love you all. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, appreciate it so much. Um, uh, still hope you're digging the music. Thank you, Nick. Nick Filth. Thank you. Um, let's see. Reach out. Uh, wouldn't it be cool? Podcast at gmail.com. Wouldn't it be cool on Instagram and Facebook? Um, and please, if you can... Please subscribe and go to iTunes and leave a uh, review. Greatly appreciated, as always. Um, all right, so episode 20, my good friend, old friend, Taylor Mandel. Um, Taylor has uh, quite the journey to share with you all. Uh, inspiring is an understatement and... Um, we went long and deep again. Um, and afterwards I was driving home and realized we barely even scratched kind of where Taylor is now and all of his, um, sort of aspirations. Now his creative world, his, uh, well, you know, kind of what he's doing for work and his success. And, um, we kind of get it, didn't get too much into the success part of it. So maybe we'll have a round two, um, dude is a great guy. This one got pretty emotional. Um, also laughed quite a bit. One of the funniest mofos I know. So, uh, sit back and enjoy it. Once again, thanks to Sonny's Tavern Dover. That's where we're doing it again. So sit back and enjoy my friend Taylor. brother well, thanks for having me thanks for coming yeah this is a cool place good dinner yeah right sunny's tavern dover new hampshire sunny's brought to you by sunny's in dover new hampshire you think they give us one free beer <laughs> pardon me my, my water's been free all night i love this place and the um, first time video first yep. time yep I don't know if anybody's going to ever see it other than you'll see me, some of it. Yeah. Um, so, gosh, geez, where to begin with Taylor? Yeah. Uh, I wanted to just set a little bit of a stage, but obviously it's going to be about you and your story. So you think. Yeah. I was driving <laughs> here. Turn being the table. Like, God, this guy has I'm no idea. I'm laying down on the bench. <laughs> this guy has no idea Crying. what he's in for. <laughs> Your legs kicked Flip up taking the notes. Script, yeah. Um, yeah, so Taylor and I, I actually I was trying to tell Leah recently, like, how long have we known each other? Well, I've. Uh, I mean, how old are you right now? 38. Okay, that's, I, was, so I was on there. 38. And you were in college. 
So I was like, 20. yeah. So I've I've been here for at least fifteen years. Yeah, and I've known you since then. So at least yeah, fifteen yeah. years. Yeah, it's crazy. And now it's crazy. Isn't that <laughs> funny? It's nuts. I was thinking about it as well the other day. I was just like, wait a minute, doing the math, being like, that's just that's fucked up. Yeah. Like, and not only that, just everything that goes along with those fifteen years. Oh, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. We were in full disclosure roommates and yeah. uh, multiple times and multiple yeah. job mates. Oh god, <laughs> being evicted from multiple places. <laughs> we may or may not have done some things. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Just be careful what you say, Chris. I be know, careful I what know. you say. Believe me. We have a non-disclosures. We do. We just signed off on them before we started, yeah. before we pressed Things record. Things we can't talk yeah. about. <laughs> Things we're taking to our grave. Yeah. Um, yeah, so shit. Like, we were... It was... Yeah, just so our story, not your story, our story. So yeah. you... And this is... And it'll be cool to hear... Like your point of view, yeah. your your uh, aerial view of of the same situation. Well, I was thinking about like this, where we're sitting right now, yeah. with oh, headphones yeah, yeah. on and microphones, oh, like- and and like actually going through the whole story. And I'm like, but there's nothing that like I like I've actually had these conversations with you many times yeah. about just like parts and moments of my life and like things that you're going through or that I'm going through, but. Um, yet actually do it in a, a an official setting yeah 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 is, recorded yeah totally uh, but that and then the that, that the funny part about being here actually which shockingly actually just occurred to me is that this used to be another bar and this very spot uh-huh. that you and I are sitting in were some of the funniest. Like, remember, like, you and I would get together and just, like, it would become a fucking oh. comedy skit after comedy skit. The ATM? And, yeah. The ATM. Checking the IDs at the ATM machine? Yeah. Outside the ladies' room? Chris is hysteric. Chris is crying right now. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. It was hilarious. This used to be, like, a dive kind of what was cash only barley pub. The barley pub. And That's it was, right. like, a cash only beer and wine hippie den dogs allowed yeah while? yeah they were in that big yeah, place yeah. there and they crash and burn but this and uh and you and i this was just like you and i would come here and just play pool oh, stomping and, grounds oh yep. my god it yep. was fucking hysterical yeah so but this is actually the first bar that i went to where i didn't drink this is where i remember when oh, i yeah, quit drinking yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 One, was, of the, one of the times yeah one of the times yeah. we um uh so we 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 met. I met your brother through coaching lacrosse. Yeah, Dookie, and uh, he and I just sort of like became friends. We worked a little bit together, and then and I was still living in the house with the kids, and and so then I got divorced, as I put it. My ex-wife parked my packed my garbage bags for me. And, uh, and I was suddenly homeless. And, and at the time, I which believe, is not a metaphor. You showed up literally to my apartment yeah. that I was squatting, squatting in for the summer <laughs> yeah. with a couch and a bed on the floor and a TV. Yeah. That's all I had. Yeah. And I had a car, a bags. truck, and two trash bags yep. full of clothes. And, and I don't believe I had a full a full time job. No, you did not. Yeah, Definitely yeah, yeah. did not. <laughs> what are you crazy? <laughs> 
Definitely did not. <laughs> Didn't you just get that a year ago? Yeah. No. Um, yeah. So I sh- so I show up to that, and I'm showing up to. We had met briefly, literally, really, really briefly in the in the uh, driveway of Duke's house. Yeah. Really briefly, and yep. you. I think you went back to school, and then you came back yep. for the summer. So that was before summer. This was just a summer job. I had no intention of being yeah. left here yeah. or, or so, stuck here, yeah. as I like to put it. Yeah, like stranded. Right. Yeah. So I um, so I pull up. You. So I'm in that reality. I had just been like, boom. You don't have a place to live. You don't have a job. You're not living with your kids anymore. Knock, knock, knock on the door. Yeah. And yeah. you are there in this situation where your mom has recently passed. And your dad is saying, I'm not paying for school anymore. You can't go back to school. Correct. And you're like, oh, so I'm homeless. I don't have a job. Literally, I I don't even know what it was. But I mean, weeks before my fourth year, which would for most people be their senior year in college. (laughs) It was like my junior kind of sophomore, super sophomore year, um, which you can't fault the guy for kind of. I don't, the way he did it could have been a little bit better. I mean, yeah. uh, more tactful, but I, I, I don't think that, I've never faulted him after I had time to think about it. I, I, I never faulted him for kind of making that call and being like, because that yeah. was the second school I went to. So that was the right. second college I failed was, out of my um, first one. Franklin, uh, Franklin Pierce. Pierce. And what was the first one? New England College, uh, which I lasted a semester in. Right, right, right. I just should never have gone to college. <laughs> let's just, I should let's never. Just I had great times. I mean, don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I had a blast, but just not typically what I think parents want their kids going what to school they, for. Yeah, right? what they're spending the money on. What they're for. spending yeah, the money yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. You so, kind of play soccer. Hence the call. The- <laughs> right, exactly. And everything else that goes along with not getting good grades yeah. um, and failing out of places. So, yeah, yeah I, uh, I pretty much um, I got that call. And then you and I were pretty much just and then dry, that was, oh my inseparable God. from yeah. that point. Like, yeah. like you said, <laughs> I don't think I had a full time job. No, you definitely didn't, because we were driving around with each other. Like every, we'd walk across the street, get so breakfast me at me and Ollie's, and coffee. <laughs> we were, after we, we were squatting at, in like the, the the second or third floor apartment in Exeter. Yep. And uh, literally, there was nothing in there. Like Duke's Duke's crew was painting it. Well, that was, was that empty. was that was the trade-off. Is I could live there for the summer and work for Duke yeah. as long as we painted the inside of the apartment. Which I don't even think. No, it got done, but not by, not by me. Yeah. Not by me. And that was a huge blowout. That was just such a like. A oh, crazy it was time. The beginning of the craziest. It was the beginning of the most crazy time in my entire life for sure and you and i you know it was everything from we needed each other and we had each other and we enabled each other (laughs) for sure uh yeah 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 oh my god yeah it was so funny it was nuts we went to yeah like and we never had to sleep in a car or I did we, a couple times. Though. You did, yeah, yeah I definitely. I did. Well, because there were times where once we left that apartment, if you remember, like I had to, we had to leave the apartment, yeah. and I we didn't have anywhere to go before we went, before we ended up at the Sawyer Mill Apartments. Yeah. So before, which was way over our heads, and we'll get to that. <laughs> but before, before we 
we got there, I, you were kind of, we were both transient, but like we were sleeping either on friends' couches, crashing at places together, or if you were watching the kids, you would be at the house and I'd be... Yeah, you stayed, you stayed there a few times. A couple times, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I tried to kind of keep my distance for right. just obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. That's right, though. That's, yeah, so you, and then we ended up in Sawyer Mill Apartments, which was a very, very brilliant move on our part. Like a two-bedroom, two-floor apartment. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful mill, mill beautiful apartment. Mill two apartment, of us, like, walking there. Beams, yeah, spoke like a hell a, of a game. Two dashing <laughs> young men. <laughs> Really got our shit together. We'll take it. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to need to do credit checks. Really? What? I don't know how we got around that, but like we, we, I said probably at that moment, I put my credit probably hadn't tanked. No, I think we got around quite, it with references yeah. and we just yeah. called in favors and, and people that we knew would give yeah. sign off on good references, yeah. got good references. Um, and Patty, then just stayed as long as we could. Patty they- was her name. Patty, yeah. who was great. I mean, amazing. Like, if you, if Patient. you, oh my God, be, like d- to deal with you and I, um, we go in, and I can't even remember. So, two, both of us not having a full time job between the two of us, like yeah. combined, like not a full time job, and the place was like fifteen years ago, like twelve hundred dollars a month. Right? You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. we're like, we'll take it. You know, we lasted two so months cool. before you'd walk in the door from like, from whatever you would be doing. <laughs> and I'd be pacing back and forth because I signed up for all of the utilities and everything in my name because you weren't able to transfer. You weren't able right, to get right. cable or anything like that in your name. So I signed up for all of that in my name. You'd walk in and I'd be pacing, like gnawing on my fingers being like, Chris, what are we going to do? And you're like, what are you talking about, man? Just what do you, what do you okay, mean? I'm man. like, have you seen the stack of just like envelopes? No. <laughs> you're like, I've seen them. I just haven't opened them. Why? You're opening them? Just throw them away. Just <laughs> just trash them. See, that's uh, your problem. Yeah. You're opening those. Oh, my God. That was... Uh, <sighs> and then we, we had to... We didn't get evicted, but we had to go to her. No, we were kind enough yeah. To, to not have to put them through that. We're, there's two ways we're going to go about this. You're either going to wake up and the place is going to be empty. Um, yeah. And no one's going to answer the door when you knock to get your late rent, rent check. Because we never paid rent on time. We oh, we were always like begging her to just like, hey. And there was like a $150 fee oh, if you were woman. more than five days late or something like that. Um yeah, it was just, it was brutal. It was brutal. Uh, my most, one of, one of the most vivid memories from that apartment was walking in to, again, from who knows what I was doing, walking in from God knows what I was doing, and you were sitting there on the couch, and you were baked out of your mind. I walked in baked out of my mind. You were watching Kung Pao. Oh, God. <laughs> and I And I started, like, trying to talk to you or something. We were both just, like, really high, and I started to talk to you. And and then like I'm like double taking like what the hell are you watching and you're like uh, sit down. Well, that was again another brilliant. This was just so I was like 20, which also or four. by the way became like one of the all time favorite movies of like me and like my kids. We all can like quote oh, love that it. entire yeah, yeah. movie. For it was it was that they don't that, know the history necessarily. Though. I went to um, I went to Best Buy and opened a credit card and got like. 
22 DVDs. And this was when like DVDs were like 25 bucks. Yeah. Well, they still are. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like back in the day, I had no business doing that. Like there was no way for me to justify and or pay for any of that. But yeah, Kung free Pao. money. Kung Pao was. Oh. God, yeah, so free funny. money until you got that. Hey, interest kicked in, and he, yeah, here's yeah. like a hundred pink slips. Like, oh but God. and then we ended up in um, where did we end up after that? First Street, uh, or or uh, no, um, um, Grove. Is that what it's called? Right down here, right across from the church. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. What's it? Actually, With do Kevin. you know Nick Filth, who you just, yeah, yeah, you, just yeah, yeah. you know, he lives in the apartment. Um, not, not Grove, uh, that little tiny red house. Remember the house we lived in that had the driveway and at the end of the driveway was the little garage that got turned into an apartment. And those kids that kind of had like the sound studio. Yeah, 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 yeah. That Reservoir. Reservoir. Reservoir Street. Yeah. So yes. Nick Filth lives in that. No way. He lives in the one that, that was at the end of the driveway. No way. Yeah. Really? <laughs> and it's kind of a cool place. They like, I, like, like a really cool dude bought it and redid everything. No way. And uh, Nick lives in that. He's lived in it for years. Oh, and wow. It's, and it's like, a, it's an awesome little tiny, but like really cool little apartment. Oh, that's cool. Isn't that that's hilarious? Really I was cool. like, yeah, I know where you live. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly where you live. Yeah. You, me, Kevin Curran. Yeah. Casey, the dog. But Kevin... Casey so the where, dog. Yeah, so, but where were we living where we said Kevin, because you were like, Kevin's getting out of, my friend's getting out of jail, and I told him he could live with us. Well, that's, that was a was long- Was that Reservoir? <laughs> that was, that was- <laughs> like, yeah, my kids are going to love him. But People are going to get the wrong idea from the start of this podcast. Hey, everyone's a tough break. Everyone gets a tough break. Um, no, we were living in Sawyer Mill when he was getting out. Oh, so Along we had to move. So well, we, we had, to move, we had to move because we couldn't afford the place. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, oh, let's find a place with three roommates. It'll yeah. ease the burden yeah, yeah, yeah. of expenses. So was Reservoir the like first that. one? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Reservoir. And then we did some other horrible Then it was First dive. Street. Oh, that, God, was, that was, yeah. Disgusting. That was First Street where I remember I built that bed frame that weighed like 2,000 <laughs> pounds. Literally, like I'm a done. metric ton. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't able. It was two by 12s. Yeah. And you couldn't disassemble it. <laughs> it was like three quarter inch plywood. Yeah, I'm a big guy. <laughs> Are you sure this is going to be sturdy enough? The yeah, two well, by fours? Yeah. No, on yeah. edge? No. Let's go two by twelves. Let's go yeah, two by twelves. Are they making contact with the yeah. floor? Yeah. yeah. We're going to need more. That was crazy. Oh, that was God. nuts. But, so anyway, so yeah. you what we? It's you know, it's I tell it all the time. There was an like we again we both needed each other. We both hit the darkest of times. Yeah, there were a lot of dark. There were great. There were a lot of like amazing and funny. And I tell those stories to a lot of people. There are very, but it's kind of what got us through it, right? Well, there are very few stories that I tell about living in New Hampshire that you weren't like involved, (laughs) like that you weren't a part of the sidekick, right? 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 For sure. Like we were. And or even if you weren't involved, (laughs) even if you weren't involved with the story itself. Like we were roommates, like yeah. we were living together. Oh my god! Yeah, crazy. But it was, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's. I know it's your attitude too. It's like it's it's it, it was what it was. We both had to do what we had to do to get by, and yeah. we were both like, "What were we going to do?" 
<laughs> get jobs. Yes. Eventually, just not then. No. No, we just like we weren't. You know, it was we were both in shock. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a rough it was rough yeah. rough rough dark times. I mean, yeah. I was for me it was like you can't live with your kids anymore. <clears throat> you know. It was like fucking dark, and yeah. your like your mom had just died, and your dad's like, "I'm not paying for anything." You're yeah. like, "Good luck." It kid. was, it was. The, I I'll never forget him coming up, getting the phone call, him coming up, um, and him sitting outside on the bench and just being like, "You've got to get your shit together. Yeah. You've got to." And I don't know how to help you, and I don't know what you're gonna do, um, but I know I can't help you, and you just, I can't, I can't, kind of allow you to continue going down this road and or at my expense <laughs> you know what i mean so here's chris yeah exactly so chris you got this right yeah, yeah. here's yeah. chris he'll help you yeah exactly i'm like turn around like i was doing something else oh god <laughs> man but you know you're you're absolutely right it was uh you know with you you not being able to like you said you know like you can't live with your kids anymore and, and, yeah. and the divorce and um everything that i had been through with my mom i mean it was without question uh, well, without question, what I thought it was the most defining moment of my life. Mm. Um, I've, you know, as of recently, like been through the hardest time of mm. my life. Like this has been the probably the, the most difficult seven months of my life. Mm. But um, yeah, th- that was definitely the darkest. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I, I just wasn't at, at 23 years old. I wasn't and being as immature as I was at that age I just wasn't a, I, I didn't have the tools right. to to um, properly deal with you know the death of the most important person in my life you know um, and I know that nobody's equipped to kind of you know that that separation that just isn't between like you were going through mm. that isn't between just you know uh, you and the person that you you have such a history with but also like the the two i mean i remember aiden and bella man when they were like young like yeah. how old was bella how old is she 17 17 yes yeah, so she was two yeah, yeah she was two yeah you know um i mean i remember that vividly man i remember that vividly and it was it was um like i was saying earlier a lot of unbelievably funny comical just like we could sit here and tell stories all night long that would just make you cry and equally make as dark cry. stories that would make you cry <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah it was uh, yeah see this podcast isn't just about me it's about us you know what I mean <laughs> it's about us the uh, the Chris and Taylor show oh, as God. we used to put it but, uh, yeah exactly yeah it was uh, it was insanity it was insanity right. I'm glad I had you no, there's no question, man. Yeah, there's sure. no question. I'm, uh, and we we definitely came to blows a couple times. No, yeah. Nothing, nothing to. I think that's all part of it. Yeah, yeah. And it was. Uh, there's no yeah. question, man. Like I would not have been able to. There were there were times where you know I wasn't allowed at my brother's house mm-hmm. because of everything that I was kind of doing, like my 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 drinking and my drugs and mm-hmm. like all of that stuff. And I and, and at that time going through everything like all i was i just ran like i just ran and the way i ran was just to 
fucking self-medicate and just you know drink as much as i could and you know after that happened it was like you know i'm game for anything like i'm i'm good to go and i think that's i'm i'm very glad that i was that you were by my side because that's kind of where we were we did like we talked about enabled each other a lot but that's where you kind of drew the line in mm. terms of just like you were much more rational you weren't 22 yeah, you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. you weren't 22 yeah. and just like running you were just like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. crazy's crazy and like yeah, yeah. we're living a crazy life but you know yeah. you're you're a little you're you're crossing that line into <laughs> insanity kind of thing and danger yeah and danger yeah, yeah. There, there's no question yeah, yeah there was one night we're yeah. at that house in uh, the mill that we couldn't afford. Yeah. Where the, uh, a girl brought you home. Yeah. And she found you. You probably remember this. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure we I talked remember. about it. She yeah. found you. At UNH. At UNH, downtown yeah. Durham, try, like falling against your car, trying to get your key in the door to unlock your yeah. car and un, like barely able to stand up. And she didn't know you. I f- yeah. And yep. she just brought you, somehow you somehow you managed to tell her where you live. Yeah. And, uh, and she just like drove you home and came in and just like, you know, chilled, said, here's your friend. And I was like, thanks. Yep. She left. And, yep. I remember that. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, there were a lot. And I, I remember you kind of... Uh, I remember you like you coming home that one day, like when I when I had actually hit rock bottom, where you came home and you were just like, I don't even think you came in. Eh, you might have, and I had just been on like a bender, like by myself and just like fucking swallowing in my own self, kind of just like I would been drinking for like three days, like no food, and you were just like you called Duke and you were like, dude, you gotta you gotta get down here and, and get a at least be with your brother and, and, and take a look at him yourself. And yeah. that was kind of, that was the start. That was, I guess as, as rock bottom as I could get. Cause then I went home with Duke and, um, they kind of kept me there for a couple of days. And we actually ended up when I quit drinking that time. And I, you know, I, I stayed at their house for a couple of days. I woke up in my niece's bed, you know, they, 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 um, my nieces were young and Mary and Hope were young and they kind of put them in the same room and were just like, oh, Taylor's sick, you know, like, uh, and I was, but I clearly also, it wasn't hard for them to, to, to fake it because like I just needed, I needed to sober up. I needed like two days to sober up and I, uh, I woke up and I was just like, it was really apparent to me. Like it was a very euphoric moment. Like I was like hot and like the room was like, um, it was like a summer day mm. and it was like hot and I just like woke up and I was just like it was really apparent to me like that I was the cause of all the trouble you know what I mean mm. and, and and nothing that I was doing was gonna ever make anything any better and um, you know kind of just take take a, a look at yourself in the mirror kind of moment and then I came you know I came back to Sawyer Mill and back to our our place that we were we weren't going to be much longer, but that's when I was like, you know, I think I'm just, we came here to the barley pub mm. and that was that one night. And that's, I, I completely forgot this was the barley pub by the yeah, way. Yeah. And then we, uh, we were playing and like we, we went out to the bar and I was like, I had made the decision not to drink a couple times, you know, a, a week or two weeks before that we went to the barley pub and we were playing pool and like, 
I don't even know. You definitely didn't ask me if I wanted a beer, but I yeah. was like, somebody did. And I was like, no, I'm, like, I'm good. And I just, you know, I think that was a four-year span of not drinking, four or five years. Yeah. Then I thought I had it all figured out and kind of went back for, <laughs> dove in for about a year and a half, two years. And then, uh, yeah, I haven't, I've been sober for like seven, eight years now, so... I think that math works out. Yeah. So, you, but you had you had like a, in my memory, you had like a couple of quit start, quit start. Yeah, um, well, I had. Pr- it, I think just prior to that, I think just prior to. Uh, I might have, and it was again because I was getting yeah. a lot of pressure from my 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 family, yeah. and not just like my dad, like my brother, who, you know, you know, I'm very close with, and. Um, you know, his wife at the time, Elizabeth, and who, and this was like the family being like, I mean, my uncles came up with my dad and my brother and, and hosted kind of like an intervention at, at Duke's house, you know, in their kitchen being like, what are you going to do? Like, what don't, what don't you understand? And it wasn't, and it wasn't like, a, like accusatory or like, you know, pointing fingers. It was like, we're seriously asking like what don't you understand like you can't see that this isn't destructive mm. you know what i mean and if you do like please tell us if you really don't think that there's anything wrong um i think the issue is like just being 22 and being at school it's mm. just it's so easy for really serious um drinkers or people who have serious issues or potential issues with drugs and alcohol to fit right in oh, to yeah. people who just are kind of college drinkers but you know, it can be a little bit heavier than the normal college drinker it was just it was really easy to to get lost in that crowd and not stand out yeah you know um and there's there's even support yeah exactly you know what i mean exactly. there's encouragement yeah, and support yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. grab a funnel yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah absolutely but um yeah i think you i, I think you might be right i mean i i i remember the ones that just stand out, I remember, you know, um, that one time I quit that I would, I just brought up where I was, you know, four to five years sober and then vividly remember being like, I think I have this under control. Yeah. Um, and it was like, it was, it was interesting too, from my perspective, because it, it was almost like it came across almost that you did sometimes. Because you were good. One thing you were good at is you could go to a bar and just have water. And you were like comfortable in your own skin and you were still just as social and just as fun, but just having water. And then, so that seemed, that seemed like a certain level of control. So then it kind of almost made sense that you would also have the control to also like dabble. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then after maybe maybe two, maybe three times of like the dabbling just well, you know, then, it always just like steamrolled. Yeah, and that was the other I I hear you say that and I'm like, wow man, like I had Chris fooled too because like <laughs> I could I, I've never uh, I can sit here now and just be like, I just can't have oh, yeah. one yeah, or yeah. two beers. I just yeah. can't. And if I do I can't do that with food. Like I can't do, I can't do, I I can't, like I can't have one slice of pizza. Like that just isn't, it's not in me. You know what I mean? Um, But recognizing that and kind of just, uh, yeah, Yeah, it's an addictive personality. It's, it's a consumption personality. You know, like, yeah, you are a consumer. (laughs) 
definitely, <laughs> definitely. One time, I, I remember trying to see why you ate so fast. Oh god! Well, and we then, did at this I'm meal. Like, why do I? Yeah, at oh, this yeah, meal, yeah, you didn't even finish your Brussels sprouts. I'm done with my chili and my burger. Yeah. I'm like, so when are we gonna kick this podcast thing off? And you're like, uh, when I'm done chewing. <laughs> In about 10 minutes when I'm done with my meal. I'm done yeah. with my bite. Yeah. But that's what we came down to. I was like, uh, it's because you take as big a bite as possible and chew once and swallow. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I chew like 40 to 50 times. Uh, with your jaw just... <laughs> I don't know if you've, anyone who's listening yeah. to this has ever been around Chris when he eats. It doesn't pop as much. It doesn't? No, it doesn't. Then that's it used to be. It, then you've outgrown that. I know. It's something with my, my skeletal... You settled. used to my just old do age, it. settled in my own age. <laughs> On the job site, you'd just be yeah. like, get as close to me as possible and just be like, and I'd be like, Chris, <laughs> you're in my bubble, yeah, dude. You're bubble. in my bubble. You're chewing in yeah. my bubble. Um, all right, man. Yeah. I want to go back. I want to go back. Go for it, man. I want to go back to... Um, Jersey. Jersey. I knew you were... <laughs> Dirty jurors, yeah. So, uh, from Montclair, New Jersey, right outside of New York City, mm-hmm. um, born and raised Montclair, and like crazy affluent, very so upper Montclair yeah. is where I'm from, yeah. more specifically. Did I say Montclair or did I say Jersey? Jersey, yeah, but yeah. you said Montclair, yeah, yeah, yeah. but up there's a very defined like there's upper Montclair, yeah, and then there's Montclair, yeah. Um, and I was, uh I'm from Upper Montclair, yeah. very affluent, like one of, I mean, I, I don't know where it ranks, and but it's like, you know, been ranked as one of the top 10 yeah. places. All the, the, uh, the hockey players, like the Islanders and the New Jersey mm-hmm. Devils and the New York Giants and the Jets, they all live there just because they don't want to spend, you can get, you can live in just as nice a place, but not in New York City um, and be just as close to the yeah. city. And a little quieter. And a little higher, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, beautiful place. Um, you know, father and mother both worked. Uh, dad worked a lot. Um, what business was he in again? Real estate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was a commercial real estate yeah. And he did well for a while. He did really well. Yeah, he yeah. sold, um, and and we talked about it. He, he lived up here for about three and a half years recently yeah. until he recently passed in August, but uh, end of July. But... Um, he he did really really well and he was uh bipolar manic depressive so he was um or bipolar and manic depression uh, is what he suffered from he was diagnosed when he was about 35 and in those early years uh early 30s he described it as just he 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 didn't sleep because that's part of the illness like he was just he'd sleep like 2 hours and he was just go all the time. But the whole thing was he was like, it was like a green light. You know, when you're like driving and you're hitting every green light mm. and everything. And he he was just, he was selling a lot of real estate. It was during the time when real estate was just huge. And you're how old? Uh, so when he was 30, I mean, young, like two, three, four, yeah. five. Um, and so you have memories of that? I don't have memories of of the manic because I just didn't know anything. I I have very vivid memories of him working a lot and being gone. But then those memories kind of segued into him being 
when he was diagnosed, I was probably, and when I don't diagnosed and, and actually him feeling the effects of like the severe depression, um, he was probably my age, like 38. And so I was, you know, five, six, seven, and he would go to the hospital because he was just, oh, he wow. was so depressed. Um, and we, yeah, he's dad's at work, like dad's on a oh, work really? trip kind of thing. Um, but he was, he was diagnosed and he, he did a couple and I don't know specifics to that. I mean, my brother would probably, my brother would definitely know more about that, but I think he had at least, you know, two or three, two, uh, trips to the hospital where he had to be like admitted to the hospital. Um, and then the market crashed. I mean, then it was just, you know, people lost everything. We were one of them. Um, he made great, great money. We actually moved up to Amherst, New Hampshire, bought oh, like, yeah. bought like a, like I, I mean, I remember the house and it was just, we had a six car garage. My dad, like my mom and dad had like a library study, we walked down into their master bedroom, which had like a sauna in the bedroom yeah. with like a huge, like whirlpool tub. And like, it, it, it was just insane. You know, bar down in the basement, billiards room, like that. And we were there for about 12 months because we moved up there with the promise of him getting a job um, as a broker with a, a, a local guy, um, doing a lot of business, market crashed. And he, yeah, he, I remember talking to him recently about that. Too, and we talked a lot about life and everything. And he, um, he ended up moving up there we were there for like a year give or take a month or so and he ended up so within that 12 months he ended up buying the house for what was then a good deal and then selling the house and losing 300 grand and everything else and having no moving back to Montclair, new jersey um into a rental residential house that my mother's brother owned my uncle owned mm. um yeah I mean, yikes and then, yeah and then it was uh so and but, was and so it was you Auburn was duke with you at that point no duke uh i think duke left if my timing's right like when i was he was like 18 by the time we got up to new hampshire mm. so no he was kind of out out and i still think living in new jersey right. but he'd come up um I definitely remember times where he'd come up and right. spend time up in New Hampshire. And then we moved back to New Jersey. And most of my time and most of my childhood, with the exception of the Amherst, New Hampshire, you know, 12 to 14 months was, was uh, in Montclair, New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. And huge, you know, huge high school. I tell everybody in my, my wife, Ashley, who, you know, grew up in, uh, Lewiston, Auburn, Maine, and went to a, a, a Catholic school. Right. You know the diversity. People, yeah. The diver my, like my graduating class was more than five hundred people. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. And like Mine was, we almost three thousand. Yeah, exactly. Or no, not my, my school was almost three thousand. Yeah, same here, same yeah. here. And we had like two schools. The freshman class had their own building across the street from like the right. upperclassmen school. So, and the diversity, you know, the diversity coming, coming from Montclair, New Jersey up to 
you know, Dover, New Hampshire was a big eye opening. (laughs) And I always tell, I tell everybody, anybody who doesn't know or can't relate to that diversity. I mean, that was, I would never change that for the world. You know what I mean? Just like that life experience of being able to, it was just, it was normal. I mean, in our high school, me, you know, a, a, a white six foot tall kid, like I was the minority in my high school. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but it was, it was awesome. I loved Montclair. I loved, loved everything about it. The city life, the, um, the friends, everything. Uh, and then, um, you're a big soccer player, weren't you? Like soccer, a, tennis. Yeah. I mean, tennis I, I was like, you know, I played pickup oh, basketball, swimming, too, right? swimming yeah. yeah. Swimming was swimming. <laughs> Swimming was the sport I was best at, yeah. um, but man, I hated swimming. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hated swimming. 5 a.m. swim practice. I was a sprinter yeah. because I didn't have the lung capacity with all the extracurricular activities <laughs> that I was doing, late night partying. Um, and I remember, I mean, it's still, it's still told as a joke and was told recently uh, by like my aunt or my uncle, you know, that uh, my mom would wake me up like my senior, my junior and senior year. Like I was the captain of the swim team (laughs) and I was notorious for this in all sports, soccer, swimming, but swimming, especially with those 5 a.m. swim practices where it was just, it was like, you know, she'd come and she'd wake me up and be like, Taylor, it's not like you got to go to swim practice. And I'm like, I'm not going. She'd be like, you have to go, and I, you know, would get we'd get into just like a a battle royale. Like I, you know, I'd sit up with enough energy to be like, I'm not going. Like firmly, like get out, get out, get out, get out of my room. And she'd just be like, But you're the captain of the team. And I was like, Yeah, that's not gonna work. Like that's not gonna work. That's not gonna get me to go. So, um, yeah. But I played soccer, swimming, tennis. And those were my sports in high school. What do you think of um, looking back at that person that talked to your mom that way mm. and said that? Well, I mean, that's a that's a loaded question in terms of. Well, no, that's not. I mean, like I have I have two boys now. One is four, Weston, and our youngest right now is Owen. We have a third boy on the way due in April, mm. and. You know, Owens Weston's a very strong-willed kid, very strong, very high energy, incredibly smart. Um, but at four, I mean, he's put, he's he's testing his boundaries, you know. But I've always, I've I've told Ashley and I have had endless conversations. This is all parents too. That like, I won't allow him to kind of disrespect her. Mm. You know what I mean? And I didn't have that. Mm. My dad was disrespectful to my mom and neglectful mm. to my mom. And I picked up on that, you know. That said, I didn't do it because I disrespected her or anything. I, I, you know, I, to the contrary, I mean, like, my mom was, for all intents and purposes, my soulmate. I mean, she is the epitome and the reason I am who I am. I mean, she was love. She was compassion. She was people I still talk to, you know, people that worked with her who haven't seen me since I was a kid. And they were just like... I mean, you don't understand. Like when she, when she was talking to you, or when you were talking to her, the eye contact was there. The, the, the absolute, genuine kind of. You're the only thing in this world that matters right now. Um, and yeah, I mean, she was 
God, man, she was the most important person in my entire life. And, you know, being next to her while she passed was, uh, she, she died of cancer and, um, it was a, it was a six month battle with terminal cancer and it was so quick. It was brutal. It was brutal. And it was, and you were 22. No, because, well, because I was born in December, so I missed the cutoff date. I stayed back in fourth grade because I have, you know, dyslexia and ADD, which, you know, didn't work in my favor in, in school. Um, I hated school, and I think that was a big part of it. I just punted school. I was just like, fuck this, man. Like, mm-hmm. I suck at reading. I suck. So I'm just, rather than try and understand, I was just too young. Like, that. I, I think even back then, they were still, the, prof- the medical profession was still trying to, like, understand how it worked, you know? Um, but, yeah, I mean, just her her passing just fucking rocked me man it rocked me and it was just it was um it rocked your whole family it did it and, did and i it, never got to meet her and and like it was really apparent that the whole family was fucking like oh, devastating oh devastating. it was the the service the service that she it was um the church seated like 400 people or something crazy like that and it was like 700 Mm. people like the aisles the doors were open like Mm. the sidewalks were filled and it was just it was a i mean that was special and there were a lot of times towards the end of her because knowing that it was terminal and knowing that um, the time Mm. we had was limited we had a lot of a lot of deep talks as deep i look back now and just god man it's that age-old kind of I wish I knew then what I know now, you know, um, which also, I mean, I've talked to you about, you know, trying to knowing and also what, what we've been through. My family's been through in the last seven months, you know, loss of my dad, um, and everything just with children, like, how do you convey that? Obviously they are too young now, but with the technology that we have and the video and the podcasts, you know, that they can listen to when they're way younger than I was when I went through this shit at 22 years old mm-hmm. and learned the hard way, but that they're more than it, they're more than capable of understanding. I mean, at 10, 11 years old, if I were to hear my dad or hear my mom pour their heart and soul out in a way that they could understand... Mm-hmm would that eliminate a lot of the things that you and I talked about recently and just in terms of like the struggles that you hope your kids never have to go through? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I hit rock bottom. Like, you know, man, like one specific time, the what time I was talking about when I woke up in my niece's bed, just being like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Um, But the, I mean, God, it's, it's, and that's what, you know, the, the creativity and the, the ideas that we've been talking about from, uh, from projects, you know, whether it be video or whether it be what we're doing right now. But just, you know, being able to hear um, without being talked to directly where, where they have no choice but to either listen or shut it off. They can't interject. They can't talk. And it's just you talking about your life experience. Yeah, I guess the I guess the trick is is uh, did they have the uh, do they have the uh, 
kids are still kids, so can they can they listen? Do they have the tools to take it in the same way? Which is sort of uh, what I was asking you. Like that's that, that was kind of the uh, yeah. I don't where think I was I ever coming. Asked your answer your question. Yeah, well, it's, it's like that's but that's where I'm coming from. Is like you know, what do you think? Knowing everything you know now. Mm-hmm. No, you know, and having the perspective of who you are now to look back at who your mom was, mm-hmm. as opposed to being at the time knowing who your mom was. You loved her, you adored her, mm. but now you're a much different person. Oh yeah. And now you look back at who she was, and then you also look back at who you were yeah. versus who you are, and then you sort of think about like, I mean, because I I do it, I reflect on stuff like that, and I just go like, oh, what an I was such a fucking asshole. I mean, stealing money from my mom's purse, like stealing her credit card, knowing she was going to see it on the, to go to the bar or go to the, the, the the liquor store that would serve me at, you know, 17 years old with my name, no ID, just, yeah, here's a credit card, 30 pack, like whatever. Didn't care. I'll deal with the con, you know, don't ask permission, beg for forgiveness. Like I'll just yeah. deal with the consequences later. Um, yeah. I mean, there was uh yeah, I look back on that and I also look back. What I really look back on is those conversations that we had where, you know, in our hospital room mm-hmm. where, I mean, towards the end, she told me, she was like, um, I don't have any regrets. You know, and then she hit me. I mean, I, I still tell her that, you know, the only regret she had was knowing that she wasn't going to be able to see my kids, mm. my grand, you know, mm. my sister and I get married. Um, she had met Mary and Hope. She was very close with my nieces. Um, Mary being the spitting image of, of her, her. Exactly. Cre- almost creepy. It is. It is scary. And, um, but her saying, you know, beautiful things are going to come of this. Yeah. And I literally was like, you're on fucking morphine or like whatever <laughs> it is. Like you yeah. can't that you can't even mean what you're saying, you know, yeah. um, in hindsight. I mean, I, I truly don't think I think that it's it's the tragedies and it's the adversity you go through and it's the the hardest things that the people that people go through in life that you can decide to define you mm. and define who you are um and it took me you know a long time after she passed a couple of years um to really kind of have that sink in but uh after yeah, many more hard times yeah after a lot i, I mean it just spiraled mm-hmm. and after she died i literally it was a it was a it was a vicious cycle and mm. i've you know told this to you know few people where I I was I got the call from my uncle at college that she was dying and it was at a Halloween party off campus was this call the one that's she's been diagnosed or no you this already is knew that this is you need to get home yeah, yeah, yeah. she's dying yeah, yeah. Um, and this is before cell phones this is before yeah. anything so I'm off campus at a party that my friends and I are hosting at a friend's house and um, I'm behind the bar like in a wizard outfit <laughs> what I mean like glasses like Merlin um, like pointed wizard and purple robe like cape with a <laughs> with fucking glasses on 
and our campus security walks in. And we know that they can't do anything. And we're, we're actually kind of buddies with them. Yeah, as long as we're not causing trouble and we're not causing trouble on campus, they can't do what anything. Wizard is yeah, exa- exactly. You're not, they're not real cops. They're not police yeah. officers. Um, and they kind of come over and uh, we're, it was, it was a very surreal kind of like oh, after good. school special, like, you know, Hey, uh, you need to, yeah. And I think <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, I think I tried to like, oh, come on, take a shot with me, kind yeah. of thing. And they were just like stone faced, like, um, you know, your your uncle's been calling the school. They've been trying to locate you. You need to con. You need to contact them. So I went right into room, closed the door, made a call. Got that? Okay. You know, where are you? You need to come home. And all I was asking was like, is she still alive? You know, I, I knew what was going on. Um, and she's still alive. Taylor, you got to get home. I didn't have a car back then. Mm. They were like, I was like, I'm four hours away, drunk and hammered. Mm. Like, what do you mean? They're like, I don't know, but you have you have to come home. So, I I um, fortunately I went to college with a kid I had known since I was three years old went to high school with everything one of my closest friends Mm -hmm. Tim Almack um and he was home he wasn't at the party he was home sick with the flu in his dorm with his girlfriend so I come back to the dorm and I'm just a, a absolute wreck and you know my friend who has kind of brought me back kind of walks me in and explains it to Tim and Tim's like I need a car we borrow a car and he drives me and I was just a completely I remember the drive but it was just so I mean I was just an absolute I didn't know because they wouldn't tell me they wouldn't tell me anything in terms of just you just got to get home so we get home we, we got pulled over about 30 minutes from the hospital because we were going like 95 miles an hour. Um, the cop actually walked up to my side of the car and, you know, with the flashlight and just, I'm like both hands pressed up against the like, and he's like, what is going on? Walks around. My friend gives him the lowdown. He actually drives us another 15 minutes ahead giving us kind of like you know hey guidance towards towards new york we get to the hospital i go up there my sister's friends uh she was at syracuse at the time um all her friends are in the waiting room i walk in um they kind of greet me in the waiting room give me hugs like you just got to get in there i walk in and my whole family is just surrounding the bed and i just drop to my knees and i'm just like i mean again like I know everybody's, uh, most people are close with their moms. I mean, but this woman was like my soulmate, you know? I mean, she was in essence, and a lot of people use that as like to, to, to uh, explain like their significant other. But I mean, my mom and I were just so close because of everything she taught me and everything that like who I am, like the, the, the compassion, the love, like she taught me that that was the most important thing in life how you treat other people is the, you know, what defines you. Um, and she was, she lived it, you know, she lived it to, so to see her go through that, to, um, be there with her as it, as it happened was just, I just wasn't, I wasn't equipped to deal with that at the time. 
not many people are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I know that uh, I know that there are a lot of people who have been through very similar things mm-hmm. and very. But it, every situation affects people differently. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't. I mean, I was already. I was already. I mean, alcoholism. I mean, my father was an alcoholic. Um, alcoholism runs in my family, so I was already well on that road, you know, um, down that path. So that just kind of kicked things into high gear, for sure. Yeah. What a what a horrible horrible feeling, huh? Yeah. Like to to rush to that, well, to have that all be frantic and like to also then be hammered. I mean, the, yeah. the family left me in the room. So my last memory of her is me being completely drunk. So I couldn't go to sleep for months, like Chris, like years. And I know we've talked about this without seeing that. You know what I mean? So my answer was to drink. The more I drank, the more it conjured those kinds of just like... It's familiar. Like fucking just gross images and everything like that. So... You know, it was just this vicious cycle that I really did not know how to get out of. Yeah. I didn't know how to get out of it. Yeah. And the, the 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 other what made it so difficult was I'm such a when I'm when I wasn't drinking, when I wasn't, I was a, a very capable yeah. individual. So it wasn't it wasn't like I had the full package of like a complete degenerate, like living underneath a bridge. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just like smoking cigarettes and fuck this and fuck that you know i did you know i just it was uh which fooled the world and yourself totally totally i mean i I, that was my i fooled myself for for a long time for a long time yeah yep crazy yep (sighs) um i want to hear about um squirrel because squirrel is a big part of you, and it's a big part of your whole family. Yeah, and it's a big part of your history. It's yeah. a big part of your mom and your dad, and, yep. and like everyone in there. It's a pretty. I did it. It's oh, a pretty yeah. special. Yeah, it's a it's a magical place, and I've, I've it's a it's a small island off the coast of Booth Bay Harbor, Maine, that is only accessible by ferry or boat, and there are no cars or bikes or rollerblades or skateboards. You have to walk everywhere. And there's a post office and a town hall and a tea shop where you can go and get, you know, milkshakes and they've got an ice cream window um, and you can get um, grilled cheese or a salad or, or, or whatever you want, you know, a, like, a limited. And, and maybe a hundred houses? Yeah, give or take like yeah. 105 houses, I yeah. think, yeah. last count. Um, and each house has kind of been handed down yeah. generationally. So the house that we have uh, was one of the oldest houses on the island called, uh, and, and everybody names their cottage. And our, our, um, our cottage is the laughing place. And it's where my mom was raised. And it was where my, uh, her mother was her mother's house. And, uh, her, her mother's parents. So like my great, great, grandparents mm-hmm. uh their house and it was handed down to my grandmother Maine, who was my mother's mother and then handed down to um my the way that it works is when my grandmother passed it you know stayed with my grandfather and then when my grandfather passed it goes to the siblings so my 
mother and her two brothers. And then when when she passed, it goes directly to um, the the kids because mm. it has to stay in the family. It's the like the bylaws of the island, mm-hmm. so that it it protects in in case of like divorce or anything like that. It has to stay in the lineage of the true kind of owner. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, the owners of the house. Yeah. So if so if something were to happen to me, te- I mean technically my ownership would go to the kids my kids obviously ashley would have you know with her still being alive control exactly control but if something were to happen to me something she would still have control of that but technical ownership would be the kids exactly yeah it is that's funny um and i i've been there god man my first summer I was born in December, so my first summer yeah. was, you know, I was summer. six months old, yeah. you know, and I've been there every single summer ever yeah. since. And um, it is just an unbelievable really place with beaches and tennis courts and just, you have to walk everywhere. So, I mean, I remember bringing Weston up there, uh, one of his and first And describe, summers. describe like, like actually getting there, you know, like you yeah, got to so load you drive, your car. Yeah, you drive to Booth Bay Harbor. I yeah. mean, with kids, God, man, it just, <laughs> it's a, it's a whole, I never knew how, like, I was like, oh, this makes sense why my dad was just such an ornery <laughs> son of a bitch, like getting up there, especially from Jersey. It was like a right. seven hour drive. Oh, so from here, it's like a two hour drive to Booth Bay Harbor. But I, and I also feel like every time people go, they go, it's not like you go for the night, two nights, you go. No, and you're like, no, no, no. Chill. Well, no, there are a lot of people like, and there are like, my next door neighbors you know one of the kids who's my age lives in boston and he goes up every Mm -hmm. weekend Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um granted doesn't have kids or anything like that but it's uh so there are people that go up but it's close enough where you can you know three hours zip up you know it's a half hour ferry ride but you have to bring all your groceries you have to bring all of your belongings whatever you're going to need clothes for however long you're going to be there all the food and then you you get there and there's a uh, and there's a cart at the dock with your family name on it carts each family each cottage has a cart yeah, that you drag you or yeah walk. or there's or there's the uh the boat boys you know that yeah. then the, oh the, yeah, yeah yeah one the, truck there's, there's a farmhouse in the center of the island which we're actually our cottage is kind of right next to mm-hmm. that um there are like three trucks on the island for general maintenance then there's an island caretaker and he kind of oversees all of the people that work like the boat boys um that actually just kind of so they're there to if you want to and you have a ton of stuff yeah. you can that's too big for like two carts two uh back and forth trips with or a you're cart older yeah or you're older yeah. exactly yeah. exactly um you can just you know pay them to just you know you tip them and everybody knows everybody yeah. but they're there and they work for the summer um and they'll they those are the only vehicles on the island. Yeah. That yeah. must be such a coveted job for oh, the teenagers. Man. And I that. never did it. Yeah, that's I funny. never did it. Well, I was I was at tennis camp in Franconia, New Hampshire, either as a counselor or a, a right. camper for a long time. So there was a. I still made it up there those summers, but um, that was for like two weeks at a time instead of. I mean, I remember going up there as you know ten. 
10 years old for like two months. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, we'd all go up as a family. My dad would spend a week, then he'd go home, which a lot of, a lot of um, uh, working parents did. They'd go up, they'd spend a week, they'd go home for a week, they'd come back for like a long three or four day weekend, then they'd go home for, you know, work for a while week. While the family stayed there. While the, while, and my mom, would, my mom, my sister and I would stay up there for two months. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Heaven. Yeah, it's it, so gorgeous. It is amazing. It's so freaking gorgeous. Cliff jumping. You name it's just it. so yeah. serene. Yeah. Like you've never been so happy to have nothing to do. And not one person who has ever been up there has ever said like says the exact same. Thing. I know. Yeah, yeah. It it is, yeah. There's no magical, get me out of here. Place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a magic. The clay place. courts. Yep. The fairy houses. Yep. The, I mean, it's really the fairy just, forest. Like you name yeah, it. It's yeah. it's it's. it's it is, um, there's no other way to describe it. It's just like magical. And that's my, my parents and my, my mother's side of the family, my father's family. I mean, they grew up there. Yeah. That's how they knew each other. Yeah. Um, and my uncles and my father were good friends growing up. And therefore, you know, my, my dad knew my mom. And uh, yeah, a lot of people meet there. Correct. There's a lot of that yeah, love yeah. happens yep, there. People yep. get married, and the yep. whole squirrel like yep. lineage yeah, stays exactly. like uh, tight. Yeah, yeah. Awesome place. Yeah, awesome place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and, and I, I was I was saying earlier, I, I remember bringing Weston for his first time, one of his first times that he really remembers. I mean, he was there when he was six months old, and then the next year he was a year and a half old, and then. You know, when he was two and a half and he was talking and he was walking and he was starting to run everywhere, I'll never forget, like, I like going everywhere barefoot. I mean, you can walk right out of our house. There are no locks on the front doors. Yeah. You walk right to the beach. You walk across the field, down the trail, and I'm at the beach. And I'd always put him on my shoulder, but the whole thing was like, Dad, like, do I, do I need to put on shoes? And I'm like, nope. Like, you can. And we were there for, like, two weeks and I don't think he put shoes on the whole time and he still talks about it. Yeah, yeah. He still talks about it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. That's really yeah. cool. Very nice. Yeah. What else What else do you want to know about well, Squirrel? I mean, I know you know. What else do you want the, the listeners yeah, to know no, about I think that's, yes. I mean, a lot of, like I said, like a lot of family, I, I, the things that I found interesting about it was, was all the, um, like the lineage and the, the people that, that, that met there, you know, yeah. like the grandparents met there and then the parents met there yeah, and the kids yeah, yeah. met there and they like. There's a lot of them. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of um, and then um, and then that the families that have grown up there are sort of like extended family. Yeah. So like a lot of the families that I met, like a couple times that I was there, um, are they just seem like cousins of yours? They're well, like uh, they're like aunts and uncles and cousins. Oh, oh. You know what I mean, because you've literally known them since zero years old. Oh, like and they took care of you and, and motherly, like very motherly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like people that aren't related to me. You know, the Gillespie's, the Hastings. Yeah. I mean, like, all these people are just, like, very, you know, my mom's best friends. Like, I consider motherly figures yeah. to me yeah. in very much a motherly way. You know, yeah. like, they're just, yeah. uh, like you said, they're all, like, it's, it's, um, everyone knows everyone. And it dates back to, like, great grandparents. I know. That's what's yeah. so cool. It has yeah. that very, um, and you guys have the party. Every Hennessy, the Hennessy, oh, and it's, yeah. it's a very um, 
uh, Gatsby. It's oh, a very, yeah, it, yeah, the yeah. island has a very Gatsby feel. Definitely. You know, with like Definitely. the you're playing like tennis on clay courts yeah. and chinos and a button down. <laughs> to go cliff jumping to then go meet up at the beach to have like yeah. a cocktail party on the boat. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It is steamers and yeah, yeah, lobsters yeah, yeah. on the rocks. On the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Everyone should awesome. have it. Yeah. It is awesome. So then, I want to get to. um, I want to. uh, Well, then you broke through. You stopped drinking. Yeah. And uh, you, you know, you dabbled in kind of like construction with me and a couple other people. Yeah. You know, kind of. Um while you were battling demons and you know just kind of made money yeah but then you um kind of i I, you know i'm gonna i'm gonna presume that it was around the time that you uh woke up in hope's bed Mm. and kind of had that moment you know a certain amount of time after that and you just started getting your shit together yeah and so and then work kind of changed for you yeah and then i think that you know my observation is that you know, the, the the getting your shit together and the and the and the um, I'm not even sure that it, like you know what you do because I don't I, I'm sure you'll agree with me like what you do specifically is not like your passion it's more just that um, you've found more a passion in um, being alive and being productive and being and having your shit together and being and and all of that gives you the ability to have have passions which are family and now i think are more branching like now you've really got your shit together and you're really sort of stable and confident and so that's letting you roam um uh cerebrally and emotionally you know so it's letting you it's you're you're putting some tentacles out to kind of further your growth yep does that all sound no, yeah, it was it was um, shortly after that kind of uh, that time where I just kind of took a look at myself in the mirror, woke up, uh, you know. After that, um, that defining kind of point in my life, I was working construction with you, uh, with Tim. Um, I started doing. I started kind of moonlighting at Matt Randall's with mm. martial arts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a big defining yeah, kind of yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, like, I agree with that. Yeah. Because it was, and, and just like that, that, um, that consumption, like I, I had to fill that void of not drinking and drugs mm. with something else. So remember, like we started going to the gym, like every, remember playing the fitness was doing that, like $99 down, seven bucks a month. Right. And we were like, I think we talked Adnan into like loan, like advancing us the $99 because $99, we knew we'd be able to afford the seven bucks a month. You know what I mean? It was tight. Sure? It, was, it was tight. We were still rolling the dice to some degree, but yeah. Um, and then we'd go to the gym like for two hours afterwards, you know, and I really did. I started feeling really good and yeah, battling demons, but it was amazing how 
the demons just really existed because I just kept feeding them. You know what I mean? I just kept fucking like bringing them around, yeah, calling them up and being like, hey, you want to hang out? You know, let's drink. Let's do all this stuff. But um, so I, I started, um, we did work for Master Randall. Aiden was taking Aiden oh, yeah, was yeah, taking yeah. classes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were doing yeah, work right. for we trade. Yeah, yeah, you were yeah. doing work for trade. Yeah. I came we lived around the corner. I helped you out. He brought us a pizza. We got to talking. I told him I took martial arts when I was thirteen years old. He and I headed off. He said, you know, in I know you're helping Chris, who's helping me. You're more than welcome to come, especially with you living so close and, and, and oh, yeah, work out. Right. So I started taking classes and, you know, me. That's kind of cool, man. It was awesome. It yeah. was awesome. He, um, he was amazing and uh, really helped me a lot in my development, my growth. And so I, the more I took classes, the more he was like, hey, you're really engaging with everybody in class and really friendly and you've got a great spirit and attitude and would you like to teach like the kids mm. and, you know if i taught you how to would you tell i was like i'd love to so i remember um and this was honestly this was one of it wore on me i mean it didn't you know it was it was a grueling and unsustainable it was yeah, unsustainable yeah. but i'm even talking about like you know i remember summertime us working at that beautiful house right in Kittery or Elliot, Maine, the right barn? on the water. Oh, with, with this, yeah, 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 with yeah. the and the spindle. Um, and I bring my bike in the back of your truck with a backpack, and I'd we I'd work, and I'd told Tim I'd be like I'd have to get to the academy by like four thirty, and it was like you know, thirty five minute like ride if I was like mm. really hauling back mm. to Dover. So. Um, I'd work all day till like 2.30. I'd cut out an hour earlier before you guys. I'd ride back to the academy and I'd train all day. Yeah. I'd train all night. I'd train personal training on like my skills, physical, but also kind of like, uh, you know, developmental and how to teach mm-hmm. and um, create kind of curriculum and teach other instructors curriculum. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was insane. That was amazing. And that was, that lasted for a number of years and then segued into me being the chief instructor of the academy and, you know, getting my black belt first degree and then no longer doing construction. This was a full-time job. Um, but I was working seven days a week and I was doing birthday parties on the weekend. And even that was unsustainable. That was such a rugged job. It was, it was, it was like you had a gift for it for sure. Like your engagement with everyone from the seven-year-old through the parent of the seven-year-old was a true gift like you were super engaging and really good at it um but yeah that's it's I well at, at, at 20 you know at 27 28 years old i mean like i didn't even have time to have a girlfriend yeah you know and i i had a girlfriend but i mean it was just unsustainable like yeah. it was just like yeah. okay like even the weekends okay i gotta break away it's also too like, much on yeah that yeah. job is too much all on. the time like all the time um, but it was amazing. And, and that was roughly, that was the time where I left there and that was my kind of, Hey, I've got this figured out. And I started drinking again. Right. 
because I was I was in such good physical and mental shape, which I had never been in, mm. that I was like, I can do this. Now. You know mm. what I mean? Like I no longer have to be afraid of this. And um, just like you explained earlier, it would it, it started off as like a Thursday night, you know, a couple of drinks and go home and be fine and wake up early the next morning and um, be productive to just, you know, that's fine. And same thing Friday and nothing Saturday and Sunday. And then the next week it was like Friday, just shit show. You know what I mean? Like blackout drunk, you know, my, one of my good friends at the bar bartender seeing me the next day being like, dude, you just can't do that at the bar. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, just like, oh god, all right, you know. I, I actually came. I came after a couple of those. Uh, I yeah, walked yeah, in at yeah. the bar, and they were like, "Dude, dude seen you, Taylor?" Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. "Yep, yep, yeah." <laughs> exact same thing. He just can't do that. Yeah, anymore. exactly. So that was that was about two years of that year and a half of that, um, and then I lost. I, I lost my job. I was fired from my job that was very promising. Mm. Um, I had just been given a promotion that was going to start January one and I was going to be, you know, a national compliance flying all over the country, making sure, you know, franchisees were compliant with the franchise rules and guide all of that. And, um, I, uh, I just fucked up, man. I just Mm. fucked up. I mean, the drinking again kind of came back in and the demons came back in and, um, I uh, I was fired. I was, you know, we really like you, and we were, but we just we can't we can't do this. And uh, that 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 was a very quick. I I wouldn't call that a rock bottom. It was because it was really quick. But the mm. fortunate thing about that is I had done it before, mm. so it was really quick for me to. There was no. The two years were fucked up because I was definitely hiding it from my family and unsuccessfully. I mean, like the further, the closer we got towards the end of those two years, the more everybody knew and it was pretty clear to everybody. But um, I was just fooling myself again at that point. But once it happened, I mean, it was instantaneous. I was just like, okay, like you got to get your shit together. I was up at 5 a.m. I was wrong. I was up at 5 a.m. in the morning. I never blamed anybody. Oh, yeah. I never went back. I think I've had these yeah. conversations. I don't with feel you. like you ever did blame anyone. No, I blamed everybody when I when my mom died. I got yeah. really angry at the yeah. world and everything, and this nothing's my fault. You don't yeah. understand. And twenty two years old and all mm. that stuff, being immature and uh, totally incapable of dealing with it. But when this time came around. I was very, because I had people being like, that was fucked up. And like, you know, they could have easily just been like, you know, and I was like, no way, man. This is me. This is on me. And I should have known better. And I fucked up. And I, but don't worry, I got this. Like, I got this. And I was up 5 a.m. in the morning. I was, I was living in Somerville, Mass at the time. Um, and I was up at, you know, 5 a.m. in the morning. I went out and I, when I started the, the, the Smilets today mm-hmm. and I was slinging t-shirts um, I was slinging t-shirts and, and working all week Monday through Friday to try and secure 
fairs and festivals and gigs and get inventory in and manage the inventory and get my show set up and do all of that stuff to work all weekend long. And I was making, you know, decent money, good money. Um, but again, that grind, but it was more like, it was more the whole, the, I mean, I was, I'd get up at 5am. I'd, I'd run, I'd work till 12. I'd go for an hour and a half long run, just listening to like kind of motivational kind of like, get your shit together. Like if I could have just put, get your fucking shit together on repeat. I just would have, you know what I mean? Yeah. And essentially that's what I was listening to. You know, I was just like, and just every single step. I mean, I was just like, this is you, you have control over it. And like, you know what you're doing. You just got to take, you got it. You have to create what it is you want. There's, I'm a firm believer that there's, you know, there's where you are and all the dreams you want in your life. And the only thing in between it is a lot of hard work. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and actually doing it yeah. and owning it yeah. and being accountable for where you fuck up, learning from that and kind of moving, moving forward. Um, but yeah, that was, um, and then that was, and then I met Ashley and then that was, uh, and she has never known me. We talked, we talked about it. We actually talked about it recently. Um, she has never known me to drink. Yeah, never, yeah, yeah. I've never yeah, drank. Been sober yep, since you I've met her. Been yeah. sober since I met her, and she finds these stories. I mean, I guarantee you, she'll listen to this, and she's heard all of this, but she's just like, I can't even believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I can't even believe. Oh, yeah. um, and we won't even get into it. We just don't have enough time to get into all of the craziness. But it's like, you know, it was crazy and it was insane and there was just so much intensity and darkness in a lot of those areas that like, she's just like, what the fuck? Like I, like you drank like a fifth of Jim Beam every night. Like I've never like the want of wanting to drink. And like, we've had those conversations um, also where we were, uh, we're, you know, early on in our relationship. Like, do you think you'll ever want? And I'm like, listen, like, I, I can't say, but I can tell you one thing. Like, I've been down that road twice. You know, I've stopped twice. I've lost everything twice. And I just have no desire whatsoever yeah. to drink yeah. at all. Did you use AA? I did. did. I did. Yeah, um, I'm a firm believer in it. And, um, but do you I, still ever? I don't. And it's it's one of those things where I was, I don't give back. And, and my wife would be like, you're crazy. Like, you know, and, and people are like, no, you are a giving person. And I don't give back as much as I, like, back to my kids. Like, I want them to like, I want them to want to give to people. I go to homeless shelters and, and, and um, hand out meals and like do things like that. I mean, that's a, that's a, I think a big part of growth and like development and compassion and love. And, um, I did do AA and I went with my dad a number of times when I got sober again for the second time, he came up and helped mm -hmm. me and we went together. Um, and he was sober for about 15 years, uh, before he passed and he, um, 
I just, again, that consumption thing. And they'll tell you in AA that the time that you think you don't need it is when like you need it most. Mm. But I just got to the point in my life where I was, you know, with kids and, and a family, it was like, listen, I, I can either go to AA, or I, I gotta like, I gotta run in the woods. I, there's so much that I wanna do, exercise, kids, work, all of that stuff. Like at, at one point, at, something's gotta give and I just, I, I, I haven't been back in a long time. And you're feeling like you got it. I do. I, I feel, I, and I do. And I, yeah. if anything, I know enough out of my experiences that if I ever thought I wasn't going to have it, like if I ever thought I was slipping, I'd be back there in a second. Yeah. And I'd know where to go, who to contact. Um, it's the, the one thing that I've, I've tried to kind of stay true to is just knowing and being honest with myself. You know. Yeah, it's impossible to imagine at this point. Yeah, know, ever. Yeah, it really is, and then and I know you know at this point Ashley knows that. I mean, she's yeah. just like, and the people who are closest to me. I mean, even you. I mean, we don't see each other a lot, but um, yeah, I mean, like I just, it's not even. It never even yeah. crosses my mind because it also at this at this point in my life, I know I can't control it. You know, it's, it is something I, I can't control and I have way too much to lose. And, you know, my dad was an alcoholic growing up and um, he worked a lot and he struggled with a lot of like mental um, illnesses. And uh, I just, I'm not going to, I refuse to kind of put my family and my kids through anything that I have control over, mm. you know. Good way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, before we, um, go to the, uh, the last move, which will be all about, uh, moving forward, take us through, um, well, um, you've got a couple of, you've got a couple more downs yeah. And uh, and one of them is uh, losing your. Can't dad. we just go up? Can't yeah, we just? Yeah. Well, it's a, you know, you gotta. Yeah, yeah. My um, my my dad. Uh, when 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 we lost my mom, um, my mom had a ultimatum for my dad, and it was, you sober up and you stay here and you be with me when I need you the most, or I'm gonna do this on my own. Mm-hmm. Then he sobered up, he stopped mm. drinking, and he went to AA, and it was really hard for him. It was really hard for him. And I didn't know that until I stopped drinking, because you know we were able to talk about it and understand each other on that level. But um, he stopped drinking, and uh, my mom passed, it, and it rocked him, and it rocked mm. his world. And like I told you know it it i was so selfish in 22 and me 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 and how it affected me that i'll never forget i never really looked at it and how it affected him yeah you know um and it just it it uh it devastated him and he went through a lot and you know that phone call to me being like you know you're on your own you're not going by i'm not gonna 
I hope you saved a lot of money this summer. You can either choose to kind of take the loans out on your own, uh, but I'm not paying for you to go back to school. So I had to make that kind of decision. And I was really angry at him for a while. And um, it didn't last too long. But I, I mean, my dad, we didn't have like growing up, he wasn't very involved. Like he left, the, everything was my mom. My mom was the glue that held the family together, which is why I was so close to her. He was dealing with illness, alcoholism. He was a workaholic. Um, and my and, mom, and depression. Over, my mom, exactly. And my mom overcompensated for that. She held the, mm. the, the family together. And um, he got remarried shortly after. Met woman in AA. And, um, I think everybody was, you know, it was a, a little, um, not hard, but just kind of like, it was. It was hard for everybody in the family, but we were also like very real about it. Like, hey, he's happy. You know, could you imagine going through what he went through? Like, of course, we don't want him to be alone for the rest of his life. Like, yeah. And uh, he he married Irene, and she was great for him, man. And she she really was. He loved her more than anything, and. She got sick with the exact same cancer. She, um, I forgot that it was the exact same. It was the exact same cancer. And uh, I think she didn't last much longer. I mean, she was like eight months, you know, maybe, maybe nine months, something like that. And, um, and she died. And that was really when, you know, things got bad. You know, that was really when things got bad. And as he got older... Um, and just the things that he had gone through, uh, he did the, the illness and really, really set in. He was, he was living on a farm in rural New Jersey. Um, so the isolation with her being gone, they lived there together and then she was gone and we were up here and I tried, I mean, we, we rekindled and we, we became as close as we ever were. Um, and from that point on, up until his death, I mean, we are our bond and we got as close as we ever were, uh, ever. And um, we knew that we had to kind of get him out of New Jersey, but it, it took a while because he hadn't worked for a long time. His illness and kind of the, the the drastic ups and downs made it impossible for him i mean there were times where he couldn't get out of bed you know tying his shoe there were times where he was so smart and so capable that he was and he really was I mean, he was brilliant like a really smart guy and then there were times where the illness was just and the, the depression was so bad that he him tying his shoe was too much for him to kind of handle. And if it like, you know, he, he'd shake and he'd try and do, and then he'd, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying that literally, like he'd try and tie and he'd just come up and you'd see the panic in his eyes. And I remember having these conversations with him of him being like, I know you don't understand, but the things that I'm afraid of, that those things that I talk about, those invisible kind of shadows, and I mean, they're real. They really exist in my mind. The anxiety is real. The anxiety and the, the panic mm. and the fear is real. And um, 
So, so we finally got him up here. We moved him to Dover, New Hampshire, um, into Sawyer Mill, where you and I lived, and that's where actually where I, I rekindled my my relationship with Patty, uh, who was still there and amazing, and I have a new love for her with everything that we went through. Um, so he was up here, and we uh, we became close, and we had you know breakfast at least once a week. Um, and he was so, when he was up and he was excited, he'd come over all the time and he loved chores and manual labor. He was OCD and type A. So let's chop some wood. And we'd be like, Great. And we'd grab Weston and Weston loved it, loved it. And we'd go out and we'd chop wood and we'd stack wood and then we'd have lunch. And, um, it was amazing. And, uh, if I can just interject one yeah. part of the story that I like, took yeah. from the first time you told this to me was that it was really cool how um, I don't know what the word is if it's cool or impressive or um, but you really you worked at it you worked at that stuff like you really put a lot of effort into trying to help him oh I talked to I talked to him every and day like really going out of your way you know it's out of your way is, is, a, is are just words to describe it but because I would never feel like it was out of my way well, to go be there he for my descri- family. He, when he was low, when he was really depressed. And I could tell instantly by him picking up the phone yeah. what mood he was in. And that was also a thing when I was growing up. Like, I, I grew up and, like, we didn't know who was going to walk through that door. Right. You know, we just didn't know what we were going to get. Um, and it caused a lot of tension with my mom and him. You know, I mean, like, Try, and she was a saint. I mean, she really was. But um, God, can you imagine just you know living with that? And um, and uh, he always described it as that. He always described it as I know, but like all of the things that like you have to deal with, and like dealing with poor old dad, and never knowing what dad's gonna do, and like the obligation, like, almost as if it was an obligation. And I'd always just be like dad, like. I do this because I want to. Mm. I, like I'm not reaching out to you because I feel obligated to. I'm not asking you to come over because I feel obligated. I'm asking you to come over because I want to see you. Mm. You know what I mean? And I love you. And like you're, you're now you're 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 20 minutes. You're a 20 minute 18. You're an 18 minute drive from your door to my door. You're not four hours anymore. You're not four and a half hours from New Jersey to New Hampshire. So, yeah, I, we talked daily, multiple times a day. Um, when things were bad, we we really tried to. Uh, and there was a there was a lot of the time where Ashley, when when the kids were young, when Weston and Owen Owen was still a baby, and Weston was you know two and a half, three, where she was still traveling up up north and spending the night at um, her parents' house and working at the salon because she was a hairstylist when we met and going from five days a week to moving down here to four days a week to being pregnant to like having a first kid taking a little bit of leave and then going back up and packing all of her clients making as much money as she could and just but still being having her outlet so that worked for us for a while and she would go up and I'd work you know while she was gone and take advantage of those days and you know when when my dad moved up here. He was um, he was a big part of that. Like he'd come over and he'd have dinner, and 
um, also while the kids were around, but when he was low um, and really depressed, he didn't want to be around the kids, and understandably. Um, and he, I remember just being in our house in Stratum and just him just, you could see it in his eyes. I mean, like, I don't know, for those of you that, for, for people that are familiar with it, they'll understand. For those that aren't, I mean, there's just no way of under, of really truly understanding the depths. And I really didn't even until we lost him. Mm. But um, I remember just having conversations with him that were just, you don't understand. You'll, you'll ne- you're never going to understand. And uh, we, um, we got a call one night um, after I was, you know, we were bringing the kids home from our neighbors. We had dinner, and uh, I had a, I had like five voicemails on my cell phone. It was just, you know, sitting on the counter, and we were playing outside with the kids at our neighbor's house. And come home, and we're bringing them in, and shoot, getting them into a tub. And kids are kind of wheels are falling off. They've been playing outside all day, and I'm like, I just, you know, listen to the voicemail, and it's. Um, you know, the Dover Police Department just being like, please give me a call. You know, we, we need to talk to you immediately. And the second one, I was like, oh, God. All right, all right. And uh, he had been, after Irene passed, um, he had been in hospitals on and off uh, five times in the last, like, three years. Um, once up here after he had been moved. So f- we lost him in July 30. First, and um, this last July, this hasn't last been a year. July, it has not been a year. And uh, February, he was instated down in Haverhill, and I was driving down to see him every day. And he was in a, you know, in a uh, mental hospital, mm-hmm. being like, "You don't understand," because he 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 walked himself into the to the Dover Police Department and said, um, "I'm going, I'm." going to do something I'm going to end my life or I'm going to do something but I had two decisions either take my life or walk in here I chose to walk in here and when I go and see him in Haverhill he was like I made the wrong decision you know talking to him you know and being like that you know I know I don't I know I can't understand but I'm trying to I'm like I'm here for you and I I'm, I want you to know that I'm here for you regardless you know but he was always just thinking about like I don't have any prospects. I don't work. I don't have the money's going to run out, and I'm going to be seventy. And uh, I think just everything, just all the things that we people kind of look at as kind of stress. Um, he just it, it was magnified. It was just you know his his illness kind of just it was more than that, but and just so heavy. It wore just so heavy on him. And um, he had tried to take his life um, one other time unsuccessfully uh, when Ashley and I, before we had Weston. Um, and I will, I'll never forget that. I, I, we were on a baby moon, you know. We went with her parents or her uh, mother and stepfather to Aruba, came home, and I had my phone shut off, service, international roaming, and I had like 30 voicemails and I called my uncle and he was like he's in the hospital he tried to take his life and taken a bottle of pills and somebody had came come in and found him 
and they, you know, there's no reason with the amount that he took and the quantity that, that he should have been alive. But um, so I, we, you know, we, we get back from our neighbors and we go into the house and I see the voicemails and I listen to the first one as we're walking into the, the bathroom and I kind of stand up and I was just like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I just, this is the police department. I got a, got five missed calls, a couple of voicemails. I think they're all from the same place. I got to just kind of call back. So I call back and I, uh, I talked to a detective who's, you know, I stayed, you know, I'm returning a phone call and he just, uh, he informed me that um, my dad had taken his life and, uh, and it, um, in the Sawyer Mill apartments. And it was just, it was, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, I, I was, I really truly was. And I, I've tried to explain to, um, to Ashley even before he took his life that for years, after losing Irene and knowing how bad that it got and how bad it could be knowing the illness the way that I did. It's something that like I had, the way I described it was, it was completely devastating and shocking and devastating doesn't even kind of describe it. But I wasn't, I wasn't surprised because he had tried and the illness and just the talks we had had. But man, I, I just, I wasn't, I mean, w to hear it, it was that kind of absolutely surreal moment. The words will be there forever. Oh, and, and it will. Which, I mean, just like the visions of my mom and like everything. I mean, that phone call will forever be there. And I hung up the phone and I was in the kitchen and, you know, a couple minutes passed. And I think Ashley thought the same thing. I think she comes out and I'm looking out the window just you know she comes over and I'm crying and I have my head in my hands and she just puts her hand on my back and just rubs me and she's like you know is he okay is he back in Haverhill and I'm like no he's he's gone we lost him it was uh, it was it was um, I know there's nothing I could have done and I truly know, like you said, you know, the, the time that we both spent with each other in the last 33 and a half years with him being here. Um, but I always, I always just, the, the, there are a lot of thoughts, like there are a lot of, you know, as we've talked about in the past, like your sister and the, just the unknowns, you know, and he was 18 minutes away, you know, and the letters we, there was, he left the letter for the family and then mailed you one and then mailed me one, two days after. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, uh, it was beyond, you know, I, I it was, it was, um, you know, the, he was, like I said, he was an incredibly smart 
intelligent. He read ferociously. His vocabulary was insane. His vernacular and vocabulary was just uh, vernacular. One of the words I learned from him, you know what I mean? But like <laughs> literally like, so his letters were just, you know, in the context of just like, you'll never understand, but those things that you think are so common to everybody are terrifying yeah. to me when I'm sick. And I just can't take it anymore. Like he just couldn't deal with the pain anymore. And I didn't know, even knowing the illness the way that I did, I didn't know that there was a darkness that could exist in someone's mind like that. And it's not like, I mean, it, uh, I, I, you hear about suicide and before, until it hits you, until you become a statistic or until you become a survivor from it. And I started looking into, I mean, it's the leading cause of death between people. And I might be misbehaved like, because I'm just caught up in the moment in the podcast, but for people from, 16 to like 30 it's like the second leading cause of death like 22,000 people die yeah. each day it's just it's 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 crazy it's crazy and i you know it's the the wrong word to use based on kind of the illness but um poor choice of words but it is it's just it's unacceptable is yeah. what it is yeah. you know um, what did um, what does what did reading his letter make you feel about it? Like, like, did it give you any sense of? Did it help you at all in the sense of like, did it? Did he spell out so clearly how much he wanted to take his own life that it gave you a certain amount of peace of like, I believe him. Like, I believe that he's better off now. Um, yes and no. I mean, yeah. like. He was in the two letters that he left, the one to the family, the one that he left in his apartment, was very... A little less it, it was. It was. It was not only just less clear, it was clear like he was really in a dark place. And it was... Um, it was kind of like ugly mm. like the starting of it was like very ugly as well mm. like he was joking around about you know it, was, it wasn't he was um, mm. the, the uh, a, a very an uh, appropriate words kind of like alluding me right now but like it was just it was very kind of like off putting and like mm. the whole ooh. like almost dark humor yeah creepy. very 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 yeah. very huh. and um but like just just then he did you know it, it it came together and it was very clear like nobody could have done anything and like he spelled it out that this is nobody's fault and uh so forth and so on the one he sent to me uh much more so and much more like personal but also um yes he he it was so planned I still have on my cell phone right here the voicemail that he left me because we were playing phone tag and text back and forth that day, the day it happened. I still have, like, and I've saved all of his voicemails the three days leading up, which I talked to him multiple times, and I knew he was in a bad place. Um, 
and it was. I mean, I was, let's meet up, let's do this. Let's say, you know, uh, let me come over. I'll make breakfast. We'll do whatever. And um, it was so planned. I mean, he had a list of everybody's contact and contact number he, that that he wanted us to reach out to. He had. He, 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 this was definitely planned and he was, it's one of the things I think about is I don't know how long he had been planning it, um, but he was, it was very clear in his letters, man, that he so was, to think about. he was a tortured, tortured soul, yeah. like for sure. Yeah. So if that statement really sits true with you. It ha- you have to have some, there has to be some element of peace. There is, a, I, I definitely have a lot of peace knowing that, because prior to it happening to me, I always, I always looked at it as a selfish act. Yeah. Which yeah. I still, I mean, there's definitely yeah. that element of, and have I gone through periods of anger over it? Yeah. Having to describe to Weston, who's four years old. I mean, my dad was, he liked to stay busy, so we, I needed my house painted. So I was like, hey, I'll help you on the weekends and we'll do, he's like, I don't want to paint it. We'll have Duke and, you know, we'll, we'll have a big painting party, but I don't like painting, but I love scraping. I just want to scrape and prep the whole house. So he was at my house for a week, a week. And then one day he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And the the other thing is, you know, have you talked to Weston about it? Uh, I he knows that he's he's gone, yeah. and he knows that he is. Obviously, he doesn't know yeah. how. Yeah. There's no four year old. Um, but having to sit him down and explain to him when he woke up, because he's a very intuitive kid, mm-hmm. he woke up one morning. I'll never forget three days after he died. I was like, I never after, after, after Ashley came out and I got the phone call and the kids were like, went back and, and, you know, I had never hugged those kids more in my entire life, you know, and those three days were just all I wanted to do was be with those boys and like be them be the center of my attention and the focus of my life. And he knew because I was I had to do you know, I had to go to the you know, the, the, the the funeral home and I had to kind of like go to the the we had Ashley's parents coming down to watch the kids to then go there. So they knew something was going on. But I was trying as hard as I could to kind of keep my emotions in check, stay strong, not to kind of scare them, you know, through things that I was fucking terrified of and going through and didn't know how to wrap my head around, let alone a four-year-old, you know. Um, and I remember putting him to bed and being in, in his bed with him. Dad, can you lay down with me? And I'm sure, sure, buddy. I, I lay down with him and... Just silence, you know, hey, you know, going to sleep, and five minutes of silence, and then just, hey, Dad, how come Grandpa Chip doesn't come over anymore? Mm. You know? And I was like, and he, I hadn't told him yet. And uh, 
I don't remember exactly what I said, but I told him, you know, just go to sleep. I didn't tell him that. And I came I down. I, I I came down that um that night, and I told Ashley. I was like, you know, we have to tell him. Like I told her what, I told her what he had said. She was like, oh God. And we had been in those three days, like trying to talk to people and look online. Like, how do you bring it up? Like, what do you do? Because he had already been asking he knew things were going on hey where's going to chip like we were careful about what we were even saying you know like bringing up like his name and everything like that just so he wouldn't you know figure out that we were talking about him not knowing what but talking about him and then figuring out his four-year-olds do that something must be wrong with grandpa chip so um i remember sitting him on my lap man and just telling him you know that he had died and, and trying to explain that the one good thing that I had with that was that in terms of good thing being like explaining it to him was that he was old enough to know who Ashley's mom and Ashley's dad were and he was old enough to know who my dad was but who's your mom then? Well, Mimi Lee. Well, how come I've never met her? Well, that's a picture of her. Well, where is she? She died a long time ago. Well, what does that mean? It means that she's no longer here, the so forth and so on. And I mean, he was two and a half yeah, yeah. when he when he asked that. So we had had those com- tough conversations before. Um, so the the whole it wasn't like death. This was the first time, and it's so fucked up. Even like hearing like. That like it wasn't the first time like a four year old heard death because he, we'd talked about it when he was two and a half. You know, it was like I, I just don't know how to describe it. it. Was it was one of the most it was the di- most difficult thing up there with holding my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, as she took her last breath. You know, um, and it was man. It was just. It was. Um, it was. Ins- it was just. It was. Is crazy, and I just I wish again back to the whole like I just I've learned so much about life and about what's important in life and love and and other people and the true value of life through just devastation and tragedy that like you know like I even. I even tell, like, I've had this conversation with Ashley and her family where it's like, you know, you had a, you had a, a, a guest on here, one of your first podcasts who lost their son to suicide. Mm-hmm. One of Stacey. Aiden's, yeah, one of Aiden's good friends, yeah. right? And how old was he? He was uh, Young. a junior. Six, yeah, like 16? Yeah, 16, 17. So, like, the, the, the things that kids deal with these days and kids just in general but now with like social media and the way that things just don't leave like yeah. the shit that you and I went through in high school you know if we fucked up and like we blacked out and pissed our pants at a party you know like you'd be mortified and like oh my god the anxiety to go on Monday and yeah you'd be made fun of but like it would go away it would last yeah. like a week two weeks that shit's now online and like going viral lives forever and goes for viral and kids kill themselves over this stuff, you know, and back to the whole, like 
this, this podcast or like videos or, or whatever you can do creatively to kind of get that message across so that when Weston's 11, 12, 13, they're much more capable, far more capable than four, certainly have a lot more developmental and everything, but they're, they're aware they can comprehend, you know what I mean? And knowing that you can talk to me about anything, like anything, you know, and, and this is what I've been through and this is what my dad went through. Like, I'm not going to hide. Like everybody, I think it was very, it was very, I think common. Like I think Ashley, not, not Ashley, but I think it would be common. Like something like happened like this to you. You're like, I'm not bringing this up to my kids, like the specifics until like absolutely necessary. 20, 22, like as long as we can ride this out, like as long as we can ride it out. To me, I think that's a detriment. To me, I think that that's like, you're at that point, I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that nothing happens to them. I agree with you. uh, But I also, I think that, um, that is that's as much a testament to you and who you are. You are a I'm going to face this. And I think a, you're that's your personality. I'm going to face this head on. And I think a lot of people what you're describing is as much wanting to shield their kids as it is also shield themselves. A lot of people don't want to face it and deal with it cuz they don't want to deal with it. They're going to hold off talking to their kids as long as they can because that means they just get to hold off talking about it and dealing with it as long as they can a lot of the hard stuff yeah you know and uh, and that's just not who you are no and it's i just i i think that uh hey don't get me wrong i mean the thought of that just is like but yeah i mean but like, you're yeah but you're you'll do it oh no <laughs> doubt yeah no doubt you know because it's it's you know it's good for you and you know it's good for them well i also know that it's you know i know that and I, I don't know if you know this, my um, my mother's mother, Mame, who was also like to me a beam of light. Like Mame was like a ray of sunshine. But I was young yeah. when she died. I was, I think, fifteen. You know, um, maybe a little bit older. But when I was a kid, she was just the best. And she raised me on Squirrel Island, you know. We'd spend weeks with them. And she was, um, she, she was very sick and had severe depression. Mm. And um, tried to take her life on Squirrel. Um, and my father's father came in and saved her life found her after she tried to take her life, found her. She went to a hospital and um, through therapy and um, I mean, back in the day, like electroshock therapy and everything like that. She was, um, she, she wrote down smilets today on a chalkboard and put it above her kitchen door and Squirrel Island to always remind anybody who walked through there, like, you know, to smile that today you have today, you're here. And really to remind yourself. Um, but her mother, my name's mother, um, committed suicide. So it runs 
from a from a biological and a genetic standpoint. I mean, like hereditary, like it's a it's on both sides of my family. Like I'm, I, for like you were talking about, like facing it head on. Mm. Like if you don't, like I essentially am just crossing my fingers, being like, oh, I just hope it kind of overlooks everybody in my family, yeah. my three boys. Yeah, you know. Um, and I think there's a lot that can be done that doesn't, that isn't when it's addressed early and or kind of what to look for and, you know, the tools that you can give kids. And it is, it's because I don't know, I'm not a, I'm, I don't pretend to be a, a doctor or a psychologist or a psychologist or a psychotherapist. Like, I, I, I'm not equipped to deal with it from a professional standpoint but I also know that like by being like you can talk to me about anything and I mean anything and not just leaving it at that this is what I've been through Mm. you know what I mean I know drugs I know alcohol I know depression I know suicide I know these things like Mm. firsthand like you can talk to me about anything you know um, and I just think that a lot of people and a lot of parents think that and want that for their kids, but it's like you said, man, that's a, that, that, the difference between wanting it and actually doing it and saying those and having those conversations is tough. Mm-hmm. It's heavy. It's hard. Sure is. Yeah. Um, let's get this up a little Yeah. and let's, uh. <laughs> Let's uh, wrap up with, um, um, I don't know, like a, like, a, because now I'm going to, I'm going to kind of fast forward a little yeah. bit and wrap up. So, you know, Taylor has had, you know, lost his mom, battled a lot of demons, lost his dad. And we didn't even talk about Aubin. Your sister no, yeah, is yeah. currently battling cancer. And like we obviously, my young, yeah, yeah, my younger sister, a year and a half younger than I am. Yeah. yeah. And which you're very tight with too. Very close, yeah. Like very pre- close. Irish twins. Team Aubin. Yeah. Team Aubin. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag team Aubin. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, everyone's just crossing their fingers at this point and it's all looking good. It is. For Aubin it is. And, and you, but is it's, a, it's just another like, Jesus fucking Christ. So like one could just look at all the stuff you've gone through and, and uh, all the things that happen in your life and just been like, how do you go on? How do you, you know, stay positive? And, and, uh, and there's obviously a lot of examples out there where people don't. And so how, and then also know like another, um, just another element to you is like you're also very successful now you know what i mean like you have your shit together you've got beautiful house beautiful wife you three gonna be three beautiful boys and uh making good money and you're you're in this and i also like you and i have been talking a lot recently about just kind of you know uh, chasing creative endeavors to not only just feed our creative needs, but also um, with a ex- very, very genuine intent of helping others. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in a nutshell, what can you impart to the world 
to do that? How do you do that? I think that, um, like I said earlier, I mean, you, you're faced with things in life that choices and things that come up that, that give you choices in life. And for the first part of my life and the, the darkest time we were talking about earlier, I was very quick to kind of just turn the blame and, and, and point my finger and just kind of run and just um, not be willing to accept it. And I mean, that's what I said earlier. The the I thought losing my mom was going to be was the for a long time the most difficult. This past seven months with my my father losing my father and then my you know right after that here finding out about my sister um, and everything that she's gone through over the last three four months I mean it's just this has been the most difficult time in my life but the reality of it is is that you have a choice and you have to find for me at least the beauty and the gratitude in anything that comes your way and there is I mean there is there is true I mean, beauty is beauty is a is a is might not be the right word for every situation, but I'm really grateful for the three years that I was able to spend with my dad while he was up here, and for even the toughest moments that I mean, he knew that I was there for him. I couldn't help him. And it's tough, man. I mean, it's, it's tough to kind of define what it is that keeps you going or, or how to find in like the, these darkest times, how to find light and how to find these moments of kind of clarity and, and, and what pushes you forward. But I owe it to myself and to the people that helped me along the way um, and to the, you know, to my kids and also to those kids. I mean, like, that's the only way I know how is like, I know what I felt when I got that phone call, when I saw my mom and I know there are people out there that have similar stories, different situations, different life experiences, but similar stories than those feelings and they need somebody. You know what I mean? They need somebody. And I've always been a compassionate, loving person that's tried to kind of reach out and always be the person. Like, I'm a hugger. You know what I mean? Like, a, you want to just reach out and hug those those people, even if you don't know them. Even if and, and through social media and through the outlets that we have nowadays that make it such a... Uh, a so easy to branch out and reach such a big vast kind of like group of people that you might not even know you know all throughout the country world you know I think that 
And it sounds so cliche, man, but I mean, the world would just be a better place if there, if you, if you tried to put yourself in other people's shoes that may, and, and everybody has, no matter what I've been through, there's always somebody like I, I've told, you know, we're not, we don't live in Syria. Like we're not running for our lives for, you know, like we're not in a, we're not in the middle of a genocide. We're not in, and it, and it really does. Like I just try and look at the big picture and keep it global. Like I try and look at it at a very global kind of level, but there are people who have it. Like you said, I've got a beautiful family, nice house, uh, you know, all that, all that stuff. It really doesn't really matter, but the comforts. Dude, I've got a roof over my head, food on my plate. Like I can give to other people. I can try and help. I can try and reach out and and give back to those people that that um, might have it worse worse off than a lot of others. And simply put, it's perspective. For sure. I mean, there's there's no other. Yeah. Change, like it's a, there's a lot of power in that being able to just really honestly look at it and, be, and look at perspective it's the only way to look at it yeah. it's the only way yeah. it's to do it I, honestly and hold on to it like if I didn't gift. I think I it would if I didn't with everything I think I'd go crazy personally yeah. you know yeah. what I mean and like I said there are a lot of people who have you know gone through far like worse stuff and not comparing Mm. but i mean have you heard fucking oprah's story you know what i mean Mm. have you heard like people who and who have risen to i mean like the pinnacle of it's that's what it's about man it's having Mm. perspective and gratitude that listen no matter how bad it gets i still have two beautiful children soon to be three a beautiful loving wife like that we can be open and honest with. I'm grateful that I don't want to drink. I'm grateful that I'm not followed by demons. They're still there, you know, but I'm, I'm aware of them. You know what I mean? It's perspective. It's being honest with yourself and the things around you. Being grateful, man. Gratitude. Right on. And then, uh, if I may, the one, the one word I've been sitting here waiting for you to say, which is kind of cool that you haven't said it because it also shows your humility, is that you're also very strong. You know, like the ability to, it's that meet, meet the stuff head on. That's strength. Yeah. You know, and to get through the stuff you've gone through is strength. And to, and to honestly have perspective and, and be gr- gracious through the perspective of strength that not everybody has I don't know if you think about it much but it's it's uh, yeah I um, you're well, super I, honest you're super you know um, yeah you're just a, you're one of the strongest people I know for sure thank you man it means a lot because I there are days where I there are <laughs> days where I don't feel that strong you know um and it's an internal thing, like yeah. I know. Well, because it's fucking hard. I know for my kids and my wife, they're like, she's like, you're a rock. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're. But it means a lot. It means a lot coming from you, man. Because, God, I know you've seen me at my weakest moments, <laughs> and uh, coming from you, that means a lot. Man. Yeah. 
Oy vey. I know. That was heavy. We need a drink. I, <laughs> I'm buying the waters. <laughs> uh, all right, man. We better wrap this up. All right, buddy. Well, love you. Love you more, man. Thanks really for doing appreciate it. Appreciate it. And, uh, and keep up the good work, man. This is yeah, this is awesome. That. Speaking about following your dreams, yeah. um, I commend you for doing this and you know reaching out to 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 strong, positive people. <laughs> yeah. um, and you know all of the people that you've had on, just great, great podcast, great oh, job. Man, I appreciate it. Keep doing what you're doing, man. And hopefully, you and I get to do some cool things in yes, the future. Yes, yes, well, just keep an eye. Yeah. It'll be fun. All right, brother. For sure. All right, brother. Love you. Love you more, man. Peace, world. Well, did I tell you? Um, amazing dude. Great guy. Um, and like I said at the beginning, uh, we you know, got pretty emotional had some good laughs and we barely scratched who Taylor is, where he's going, uh, what's coming next for him. So I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again for tuning in. Um, reach out. Wouldn't it be cool podcast, gmail.com. Wouldn't it be cool on Facebook and Instagram and, uh, music credits to Nick filth. Um, and please, 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 please subscribe and leave a uh, review on iTunes. It's uh, super helpful for the ratings and for search engines and all that jazz. All right, people. Love you all. Until next time. Mm-hmm.